0: Welcome. We are Dream Life Worship Center of Randallstown, Maryland. Apostle Kenneth and Lady Linyar Robinson pastors. Our worship service times are Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Morning River Prayer is held every first Tuesday of the month from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. text is coming from 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 down to verse 7. Can I impose upon you to stand for the reading of the word? 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 through 7. When you got it, somebody holler, I got it. Okay, good. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, are you with me? Your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse 3, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Verse 6. Now when it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. He replied and said, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. Share with your neighbor my subject for the next few moments that we're together. What you have is enough. Come on, grab your neighbor on the other side and say, what you have is enough. What you have is enough. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. What you have is is enough. Father, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. This widow in our text is left destitute by the death of her husband. The creditors are pressing her about the outstanding debt that her husband owed. In the biblical times, according to the law, it allowed the selling of one's family members to cover outstanding debt. So her grief and the loss of her husband is now compounded by this insurmountable debt. So she is left in a situation that threatens her remaining family, which were her two sons. What a dilemma. Now it's important to know that Her husband was a man of God. Her husband served the man of God. But how many of you know that you can love God and serve God and still not handle your business? This man was faithful to the work of the Lord, but died leaving his family in jeopardy. And I want to encourage the men today, I appreciate your suit, I love your tie, and if you don't have one on, I got some at the table. But I want to make sure that you leave your family in a position that they're not grieving twice. Grieving once because you're no longer here, then secondly, grieving because you leave them in a mess. The Bible says that a man is to leave an inheritance for his children and his children's children. So it wasn't bad enough that he just died, but then, okay, so you don't leave me an inheritance. You don't leave us anything. Okay, so that, that's one thing. That's one problem. But not only do you not leave us anything, but the thing you do leave me is debt. So now his irresponsibility puts his sons in jeopardy because the Bible says that the debtor is the servant to the lender. Right? So you're the servant or slave to the person that you owe. See, men, it's important that you know that the things that you do or don't do have an effect not only on your wife, but on the generation that follows you. So I want to make sure that you as men of God not only tithe a tenth of your income, but I want to make sure that you manage the 90 well. Apostle, because we got a whole lot of men that that tithe, a whole lot of people that tithe, but what do you do with the 90? That's important because contrary to popular belief, dream is not your life insurance policy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because many people believe, because my name is on a church roll, if I die, the church is gonna pay for my funeral. But the church is not your life insurance. Y'all, are real quiet in this Methodist church, but I know I'm talking right. No, you have to be responsible to put those things in place to guarantee and to secure. Your family. So this woman is in this dilemma because she's lost things. She's lost her husband, and now she stands to lose her son. And on this day of Father's Day, we as men can identify with loss. I know we try to be macho. We try to be rough and tough. But truth would be told, as men, we lose some things. apostle has a head full of hair, but some of us lose. I see some bald brothers in the building. Don't act like I'm here by myself. Some of us lost hair. And they sewing stuff in, so I just need to check you. So don't act like all of this hair is homegrown. It's not just the sisters. Wade the Barber is from Maryland, so I know he got some clients in dream. Don't try to fool me. Let me lay my hands on you. I'm like, oh. Okay. That's a good unit, brother. That's a good unit. But we <laughs> y'all are not supposed to be laughing as much in church. You're not supposed to be laughing. But we've lost some things. Some of us have lost our physique. You don't have that six-pack you had in high school. We can lose some things. Some sometimes we've lost money. We've made bad any men made bad investments. You've invested in something that you thought was going to be the next big thing, and it tanks, and you've lost money. Some of us might have lost a home in the the housing market crash. And not only just material things, but sometimes we lose time. Have you ever invested in a relationship, and then at some point, the other partner says, I want out of this, and you've spent... 20 years of your life investing in a relationship that ends up broken. Sometimes we've invested time on a job and we've worked and, you know, we thought that we were going to retire and have this great pension. And they wind up bringing in somebody half your age, paying them half your salary, and then making you train your replacement. We lose things. But I'm glad to know that God is concerned about our loss. So this widow comes to the prophet and she says to the prophet, I've lost my husband. You know he was, he was your servant. And so the prophet says to her, what do you have in your house? And She replies to him, I have nothing but a jar of oil. In other words, I only have a jar of oil. And so what he was trying to do, he was trying to check out her mindset. He wanted to find out what she was identifying with. And she was identifying with what she thought was a perceived lack. Although she had substance, to her it was lack. She had a jar of oil, but only to her it was only a jar of oil. She suffered from what I call onlyness. What do you mean onlyness? Onlyness is when, you know, somebody um, says, well, I found a job. There's, a, there's an opening, you know, at, at the company I work for, and it's, there's a job there. And so uh, why don't you fill in an application? And so um, you respond, you know, well, well, what type of a degree do you have? And so they say, I'm not sure, but I'll check. And you say, well, I only have an associate's degree. Only. You got a degree, but you feel it's only. Or someone says, you know, well, how much money do you make? I only make $30,000. Why do you say somebody unemployed would love to make 30 grand, but to you it's only 30 grand? God doesn't always respond to your need with exactly what you've asked for. Sometimes he gives you a seed, a small, seemingly insignificant thing, but once it's developed, it can produce the harvest of just what you've asked for. But just know I'm not only speaking in terms of money. I'm talking about there's the gift of God inside of you, the anointing, your creative flow, that new idea, that inward spiritual power by which you can do all things that you want to do and that you need to do. The goal should not just be about accessing money to acquire things, but to achieve a consciousness through which the substance will flow forth when and as you need it. If you want to change your life, hear me, dream, you must first change your thoughts. How are you thinking about what God has placed on the inside of you? Now, Elijah instructs this widow to go to her neighbors and to borrow vessels. This suggests that he wanted to expand her expectation and her possibilities uh, to a new level. Because there is no need to borrow that which you do not believe God to fill. God has a ceaseless flow of substance and no matter what extent your need is, God can easily supply it. But there is one thing God can't supply and that is lack. This is because lack is a state of mind. People hear me, lack is a state of mind. So this one jar of oil seemed to be lack to her. But that was just because of her mindset. But now she has this golden opportunity to expand her faith and provide these vessels of oil by which God was going to fill. Now, the prophet says, I want you to go to these neighbors' houses and I want you to ask for vessels. Now, he didn't say, Go to their house and ask for money. He he didn't tell her to go online and establish a GoFundMe page. He he didn't tell him to go and say, can you help a sister out? Let me hold something until Friday. No, he said, go and get these jars of oil because the prophet perceived that the miracle wasn't around her, but that the miracle was inside of her the whole time. Somebody holler, my miracle is in my house. <laughs> Come on, say it again. My miracle is in my house. The thing that she needed the whole time was sitting right in the crib. <laughs> the Danny Bell Hall used to sing a song called Ordinary, Ordinary People. And it said, little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand." The thing that she needed was there the whole time. But she didn't know. She overlooked it. And and what are you today? What are you overlooking? while you praying and asking God to make a way, while you're praying and believing God for a miracle, what is it in your house that you're overlooking that if managed properly could be the source of everything that you feel you are lacking? What's in your house? Because I believe your miracle is sitting right in front of you. But you've got to believe, you've got to believe, you've got to believe that what you have in your house is something of value. She didn't realize that what she possessed, though small, was something that if worked properly could bring her her miracle. Many of us believe, but Lord, help thou my unbelief. It's important for you to understand not just who you are, but who you are and what you have. Because listen, people will always try to play you small and to play you short, but you gotta realize that what you possess is something of value. I remember when I was um, initially starting out with Tied to Greatness, and someone would come to me, and, and oh, this woman came to me one time, I promise you, I wanted to hit her with this mic, but she came to me and she said, she said Aren't you, aren't you, um, aren't you, Dr. Ellis? Are you the one with that little Tied to Greatness thing, right? Nice, nasty, that's what I call it, nice, nasty. It's a little, little bit about nice and nasty. I said, ma'am, there is nothing little about me. You mean the Tide to Greatness program that I was featured on in CNN? Is that the that's, the, that's the little one you're talking about? The one that's reaching thousands of young men, both nationally and internationally. Is that the little Tide to Greatness thing you're talking about? Don't come for me, woman. I prompt, don't, Listen. Listen, don't let this tie fool you. Oh, I got some for you. And if you was a man, you catch these hands, but I'm trying to be nice because you got on the dress. But people would try to play you small. Try to play you short, like what you have doesn't really amount to much. But what you have is of great value, but you've got to believe it first. And it's not just about what other people think about what you have. The biggest question is, what do you feel about what you have? Bishop Jake says it like this. He says, someone else can take your hand and win. I just don't have enough, if I just knew somebody downtown, and if I just had more of an education, and if I had more money, if I just had somebody to help me, if I had somebody to give me a hand, somebody else comes in from another country. No connections, no education, and they come, and in five years, they own three businesses. And you sitting somewhere with your legs crossed complaining about what you don't have. What's in your house? And whatever's in your house, it's time for you to get up and work it. Somebody holler, work what you got. You don't hear me in this house. You got to work what you got instead of you looking at what's in my house. You better keep your eyes on what's in your house and work what's in your house. Don't tell me nothing about what the Kardashian is doing and what Oprah did for the weekend. What are you doing with what's in your... It is amazing. We know more about people that would not know us if we sat on their laps. And we know less about what we're trying to manage in our own... You got to work what you got. So the prophet says to her... The prophet says, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. The prophetic, you said this is a season of, of prophetic. The prophetic word to her was to sell, pay, and live. Dream. The prophetic word is to sell. Sell pay, and live. What's the prophetic word to dream today? Somebody holler. Sell, pay, and live. One more time. What's the prophetic word today? Sell, pay, and live. What God says to this woman Who feels that what she has isn't enough, he says, Go and sell the oil. In other words, what was in her house, though small, there was a market for it. There is a market for the oil that's on the inside of you. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a gift, there is a talent, there is an ability that God has placed on the inside of you that there is a market for, but you got to go sell the oil. Stop giving away your oil. Listen, 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 listen. I'm telling you what I've lived. I I was the guy that i that a wife would say to me can you please do some personal shopping it's father's day i want to get my husband something sure i'm going to the mall anyway i'll get something for your husband not realizing that people get paid hundreds of dollars to do personal shopping i was always oh wait wait bishop let me fix let me fix your pocket square let me get your tie let me let me steam that for you let me press that you know what, you really should do blue as opposed to green, then you know what, let me get the socks to go with that. Do you know styling? People get paid a whole lot of money to style. And I was watching MTV one day, don't judge me. I was watching MTV one day and, and Diddy was on MTV. And there was this guy that had this umbrella cause it was real hot outside and he's fixing Diddy's bow tie and pocket square. I said, he looked like an adjutant. And he looked just like me, and it wasn't until I, I'm like this joke is on television. He's making money. He's traveling the world, doing what I was doing for for the free, for the free, for the free. For the free. And one thing about the free is everybody loves the free. I know it ain't good educa- good um, grammar, but you know what I mean. Everybody love the free. They love, they, they love your free haircuts. They love your free braiding. They love your free tutoring for their kids. They love your free graphics, designs. They love your free websites. They love your free Mac girl. Can't nobody beat a face like you? They love the free. And will turn around and spend $200 at a Mac counter and want you to do it for the free. But the prophetic word is sell the oil. Somebody holler, sell the oil. And, uh, <laughs> I just, I don't like charging people. I just, I just, this is just a gift that God, this is just a gift that God gave me. Um, and I just, whatever my hands find to do. I just want to be a blessing to people. By the way, can I borrow $50? Because I... Oh, no, you ain't getting none of my money because had you sold the oil, you would have had plenty of money to pay for it. Somebody holler, sell the oil! I know I'm working in here. You got to sell the oil. There is a market for the oil that God placed on the inside of you. Can nobody fry chicken like you? Can nobody grill and barbecue like like you? Come on now. But you refuse to sell the oil. Now let me say this. If you're going to take the oil to the market, Apostle, the, the, the oil's got to be marketable. Stay with me, church. I'm going somewhere. Then that means when I go to your social media page, You need to look like what you marketed. Mm -mm. Because for some of us, we want people to pay a premium for our oil, but your oil looks like it ought to be for the free. And if you want people... To pay for your oil, you got to have this stuff marketable. So then that means my stuff's got, I can't let my little nephew do my website. No, 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 no. Because I got clients that are coming that are going to be investing a significant amount of money. So I need to make sure that this that they see is done in excellence. No, some things you can't take shortcuts on. <laughs> not, 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 not some things. Now, 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 other things you could get a bargain on or whatever, but some things you need to just go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a mentor, a, uh, a motivational speaking mentor, and we were trying to, um, he was positioning me at the time uh, to charge $5,000 uh, for my speaking engagement. And so he says, uh, and that time I didn't even have my doctor, he says, Alex, um, your website doesn't look like you're a $5,000 speaker. I said, so what you saying? You know, because sometimes we get in our feelings. I'm going to say, what you saying? I don't what, what? He was like, no, sir. You need to go back, and you need to work on some stuff. And so I put the team together. Got Manny. Manny, stand up, let everybody see you, Manny. Manny, he does all my graphics and has my stuff. So, Manny was a part of that, that, that transformative team that got stuff together, got my clothes laid out, got all that stuff. Got all. This. I mean, people were thinking, like, my God, this is such an amazing international. I was looking international before I was international. And what I'm saying is if you're going to market something, you've got to make it marketable. Now, watch this. For those of you that think this is a business class and this ain't church, the Bible says it like this. Man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. And so what we've we've traditionally done, you've skipped over the man part and just got to the God part and said, as long as my heart is right with God, I'm good. And you are concerning spiritual things. But when you're trying to land that new client, he ain't looking at your heart. He looking at you showing up to this interview with your shoes run over, no jacket and no tie. So come on as we're talking about the image of a man Come on, brothers, you got to get that suit, and your suit's got to be right. And I'm not talking about you spending a million dollars or having your suit, some fancy custom suit, a Tom Ford suit. No, but the one that you do have, get it tailored so that you pull it in. That is not looking baggy and bulky, that it looks refined and looks like that was made for you, and that you get a shirt that fits and that I can't put my whole hand between your neck and your collar. Come on now. And that you, when you walk in, your shoes are shine and you don't look like you walked through the Underground Railroad, but you're coming in. And I can see my reflection by the shine of your shoes. Why, because I'm here to do business. You've got to be marketable if you want people to buy the oil. But there is a market for the oil that's on the inside of you. And that's what what he tells the woman. He says, sell the oil. Somebody holler, "Sell sell the oil. The next thing the prophet says to her, he says, pay your debts. So what he said was, with the money that comes from the sale of your oil, is not just going to be enough for you to get a flat screen TV. Ain't enough for you just to get a new dress. Not, 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 not just enough for you to get another pair of J's. When you sell this oil, it's going to be enough to pay your mortgage off. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Getting the house is just step number one. But once you get it when you work in the oil, we're not talking about it taking you 30 years to pay your mortgage off. We're talking about because of this oil pop, this oil is popping. Because this oil is popping, we we taking care of that mortgage in five years. Why? Because I've sold the oil, and it's not just enough for me to get by from paycheck to paycheck, but it's enough for me to pay my debt. My car is paid off because I'm working my oil. Girl, you paid that. The house is paid off, and we're looking for one in Florida. Girl, how did you do that? I sold the oil. And I paid my debt. Somebody holler, pay your debt. My car is paid off. My home is paid off. Even Sally ain't calling no more. Sally who, Dr. Ella? Sally May. Student loans paid off. I didn't have the luxury of going to morehouse and having my, my loans paid off, but that's cool because I don't need a billionaire to pay for my, my outstanding student loans because I'm working my oil. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Bob. I got this because I sold I sold my oil. sell, pay. And then finally, somebody holler live. (laughs) It's going to be enough. He, He didn't just say for you to live on. He said you and your sons. to. I believe that if you sell your oil, if you manage the gift of God that's on the inside of you, It is enough to position you to leave a legacy in this earth. Not just enough for you to carry a Louis Vuitton bag. Not just enough for your house to be paid off. But it is enough for you to leave an inheritance. See, I'm talking about one of those Ford anointings. One of those... Kennedy, see, we, we, we in our community, apostle, we, we don't even have a reference point for that type of blessing. We, we just have enough just to get by, and daddy left me a car, mama left me a house. But I'm talking about the Bible says to sell, pay, and it said you and your sons. believe when you manage what God placed on the inside of you, it's going to change the financial destiny for your children. Come on, y'all. That your grandkids going to get up. Thank you, grandpop. Thank you, pop-pop. Thank you, g Why? Because they are living... Off the fruit of your oil. But you got to sell, pay, and live. But you can do none of this if you keep saying, but I only got this jar of oil. I just... Man, all i have is just this it's all i got you gotta believe it what do you believe about what God placed inside of you i i i went to I went to get some gas one day it's a couple years ago and the guy comes to the car and i roll down the window and he says well how much do you want I said, give me two dollars. You know, how much gas do you want? I said, so now I'm getting a dick, like, yo, you gonna make me repeat to y'all said two dollars. Okay, okay. So he goes and he and he wasn't he wasn't going long, it was just two. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't long. So so he's trying to, he's trying to grab my money and run to another car with. God station was busy he trying to grab my money and so I'm, no 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 i i need your attention and so he's like i'm like no, no like come here cuz i'm gonna need both of your hands to take all this change i'm a there, it was it wasn't even it wasn't even just quarters it was like some of them was brown too, like so, so, oh, so now you are racist. I had to go. So, oh, so now you don't like brown money. It spin just like green. Listen, I know y'all bougie folk always had money and y'all came from rich parents and stuff like that. But I, I, listen. But I said, I said, Alex, you are too brilliant to be this broke. You are too, I'm, have you ever had to talk to, now I know it's just me, but had you ever, have you ever had to talk to yourself? I said, boy, you are too brilliant, you are too talented, you are too anointed to be this broke. You making everybody else rich, everybody else look good, everybody else successful other than you. Now, what you're going to do is you want going to get yourself together. <laughs> I was rebuking me. I said, now, now n- you going to get yourself together. Listen. And I got back to that crib And I got in the lab. I got back in that crib. I started pulling out my phone, looking at my relationships. I started looking at the talent. What's the low-hanging fruit? What is it that you do with ease? I mean, what is it that you just love to do that you have a natural gifting or inclination to do that other people need? Do that. Do that, market that, package that, put that together. And then let me also say this, because for some of us, you've got to build your credibility. Yeah. That's right? That's right. right? For, so for some of us, you need certifications. For some of us, you need some things you need to do for free because you're building your history, your resume. Well, I've worked for this person. I worked for that one. Well, I've spoken here. Where well, I've sung there. Where well, I've opened up for. Talk about you opened up for Yolanda Adams. It was at the McDonald's Gospel Fest, and there was 600 other singers, but you were somewhere on the list. I've opened up for Yolanda. <laughs> yeah, I'll sing in this 100-voice choir. Yeah, okay. All right. Coming up yonder. All right. Adding it to my resume. Cause you got to build that credibility. But from that day to this one, I ain't never been that broke again. And I promise I will never see that day again in my life. But you gotta you gotta see value in your oil. But for some of us, we see value in everybody else's oil but our own. Wow. Man, I'm telling you, when you up, man, when you up leading worship, oh, my God, like, it is amazing. Man, when you preaching, oh, man, oh, my goodness. I I wanted to throw my whole wallet on this. Oh, my God, you were so great. I'm telling you, girl, when you, can't nobody do them pork chops like you. Can't nobody do that pork, whatever it is. You're always a fan That's of somebody it. else's. That's it. That's it. But you never get in the game yourself. And I've come to dream to tell you that it's time for you to live your dream. Yeah. 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 Not that you always cheering somebody else's dream and supporting somebody else and that's good and you should but you need to have a day and it's okay to have a day you got to know it's all right Well, I just don't, I don't want nobody, I just, uh, that false humility is limiting your life, and it is not the will of God. How about that? (laughs) You trying to be, have all this false humility, but it's fear disguised in humility. That ain't humility. Let's tell the whole truth. You are walking in fear because you're afraid of what happens if it doesn't work. You ain't fooling me. That ain't nothing but fear. But what if it does? What if you do get the loan? What if you do get the contract? What if they do believe in you? What if they do give you the opportunity? What if they do give you the mic? What if they do give you the stage? Stop always thinking the negative and you rehearse that narrative day in and day out. They're going to laugh. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall. It's not going to work. What if it does work? Because it can. And I don't care if you do it and do it scared. Do it. I'm saying this, and, 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 and I'm bringing this to a close. Pastor John Gray invited me to Atlanta um, to preach for a singles conference. You remember that, babe? And um, <clears throat> this was over about 10 years ago. And so he was uh, on staff with Bishop Eddie Long. He was alive at the time. And I'm thinking I'm going it's a Saturday afternoon so I'm going to do this workshop at a singles conference. And so they bring me in and I don't know whether you've ever been to um, uh, been to new birth or not, but there you know it's a big church So they're walking me through these rooms and, and stuff like that and I'm waiting for them to bring me into you know, Um, maybe a small fellowship hall or maybe just a a room, a conference room or something like that where I would teach uh, these singles. And I go through the last set of doors and they bring me into the sanctuary of new birth. I like to die. (laughs) Because I had no clue of what I was walking into. And the, I, have you ever had opportunities so big it scared the mess out of you? And I begin to have, like, a panic attack. No, for real, I'm really like. And so my publicist was with me, and she was like, breathe. What am I need you to do? Because you're too big to be falling out, and I'm short, and I can't pick you up. So she like, you better get it together. She was like, breathe. And she said, she says, everything you've been through in your life has prepared you for this moment. I was like, okay. You know, you're crying and you. And I walked out on that stage and I grabbed that mic. And I taught just as I, I would have if I was in a workshop with 20 people, and it was one of the best speeches, sermons, spree- speech, whatever I had given to date. But I had no idea what I was walking, what I was walking into. And I want to tell Dream that for some of you, there are going to be unprecedented opportunities. There are going to be situations, prophetically speaking, you're going to sit at tables and you're going to say to yourself, how in the world did I get at this? We're talking about coming to the table, right? How in the world did I get at this table? They're introducing me at this event and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting ready to, to talk about my business in front of thousands of people. There are going to be phone calls. There are going to be people that are going to say, you know what, I was telling somebody about your business, and there is this guy. He's a retired professional athlete, and he has money that he wants to invest, and he's looking for some, you know, some the next big thing. I told him about you. Here's his number. Give him a call in a half hour. Because, see, that's the thing about it although I wasn't expecting to preach to the thousands of people that were at new birth that day, I was ready. And see, that's the thing. Some of us are believing for big opportunities, but you ain't ready. But if you stay ready, you never got to get ready. And so come on, brothers, I need you on this Father's Day I need you to be encouraged to believe that what you have is enough. Amen. And stop thinking, well, man, I'm, yeah, I mean, that sound good, but, man, I'm in my 50s, man. Like, yo, you ain't talking to no young. You ain't talking to my son. Like, yo, I'm in my 50s. Like, yo, what do you mean? Yeah, but what you have is still enough. It ain't over until you say it's over. Your oil still has value. And let me say it this way. There are some things that increase in value the longer you hold it. I mean, you could buy a bottle of wine that was that was, you know, the fermented in 2019. But you get an older bottle of, of, of wine, and it, I know y'all not wine connoisseurs, but I'm just saying, you get the point I'm making. There are some things that the older you hold them, the more an age, the more value it has. So stop giving up on your life. Well, I'm going to just make sure, I'm going to just live through my kids. And I'm going to just make sure my son goes to college. And I'm just going to make sure that my daughter does it. But what about you? You be the example. The dad was in his 40s when he went back and got his high school diploma. The dad was 50 when he launched that new business. Yeah. And I'm going to lead by example. And change the course and the direction and the history or the future of your family by you as a man being willing to say what I have is enough. Everybody standing on your feet. I need you as a musician play something softly. I need everybody to close your eyes. Close your eyes. We got security. Your pocketbook going to be there. Close your eyes. Everybody with your eyes closed. Your eyes closed. You looking at me, you know your eyes ain't closed. Close your eyes. (laughs) I need you to say, Father, thank you for the oil you've given me, because first you gotta show gratitude for what you possess. Because for some of us, we just felt, "What well, I don't have, what Brenda has, and I don't have what Mike has, and if I just had what Jonathan has, and if I would have what other person has." No, be grateful. For what God in his infinite wisdom has given you. He gave, he gave one ten talents. He gave another one five. He gave another one three. He gave another one two. He gave another one one. It was his choice to give you what you had, but I need you to first express gratitude. Say, Lord, thank you for the oil that you've given me. Finally say, what I have, what I have is, enough. is enough. Let that soak in. Say it till you believe it. Say what I have, what I have is enough. It might not be as much as somebody else and might not have what everybody else has, the connections and the money and the physique and the this and the that but what I have is enough. Somebody say, what I have is enough. Open your eyes. Now I want you to go home today and I want you to begin to work what's in your house. Don't you ask another person for another thing until you first assess what's in your house. Can can a brother hold something? Can you hook a brother up? No. Didn't you hear what the preacher said? Don't you ask me for nothing until you assess what's in your house. I'm helping somebody because somebody was going to hit you for some money after church, but I'm telling you. But I want to challenge you to work what God has given you. Can, can anybody, by, by a show of hands, will you be bold enough to admit? I, you got me. I got to admit, I got some stuff in my house that I've just given up on. I got some stuff. I got a manuscript on my computer right now. I, I, I got... Uh, I, I got a pilot for a show that man I'm just sitting on I got two chapters of a new book I, I got a recipe for these amazing cookies that people gonna love I, I got I want to start a charter school right here in, in, in Baltimore uh, there's some great things that I want to do but I've overlooked w- what was in my house the whole time do I have, do I have one person that, that, that says, I got some oil in my house that I need to, I need to work, I need to sell. Good. And you have a pastor that's not just concerned with your life on the other side. I mean, he's concerned to make sure that you have your your ticket to glory, your eternal reservation. He want to make sure that your soul is right with God. But how many of you know that Apostle is also concerned about how you live life here? Come on. The Bible says that the God has Christ has come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And in one translation it says the life of your dreams. This church ain't called dream because it was a catchy saying. But if you sell your oil, it's going to bring your dreams to pass. So come on, with your hands lifted to the Lord, let's pray. Father, I thank you that I delivered what you have placed in my heart for this house. And I pray that these, your people, would respond to the prophetic word that came today to sell, to pay, and to live. I pray that as the people of God look at their lives, they look at, do an internal um, assessment and look at the talents and the abilities and the gifts that you have given them. Father, I pray that they would discover the oil. The Bible says that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. And so, Father, I pray that they would not only realize the oil that's on the inside of them, but I pray that you would cause them to have a place in the market, that, that there would be a place, there would be a people that need the solution that they offer, that you are connecting with the right people at the right time for the right opportunities. I pray for doors to be open for people. I pray for those that have entrepreneurial endeavors that they aspire to. Father, I pray for collaborations. I pray for partnerships, Father. I pray for uh, for funders. I pray for people that will be financial back- backers uh, for their dreams and for their business propositions. Father, I pray for mentors and coaches and people that will walk them through this process of selling their oil. Father, I thank you. It won't just be a little dab, but do you? We're not talking about small accounts, but Father, we pray for wealth. Unprecedented monies coming into them. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Father, bless the hands of the people of God as they work what you place on the inside of them. I thank you for Debt being canceled. Debt's being taken care of, being removed because of the people of God's obedience in selling the oil. Thank you for the testimonies that are going to come to this house. Apostle, you cannot believe what happened to me. You can't believe what opportunity. I just got back from Africa. I just got back from Dubai. I spent the weekend in Paris. Father, we thank you for the testimonies that will come the emails that will come, the pictures that will be posted because they sold their oil and it brought increase to their lives, increase that impact not just their lives but even the lives of their children. We give you praise because you do all things well and it is you that gives us the power to get wealth. Thank you for shifting us and that our lives and our financial conditions will never be the same again because of what we've learned through the word of God today. Yes, God. And we say we are willing to get in position yes, God. and to work what you place in our hands. Thank you for this time in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. And your life is not covered by Jesus. There ain't no other way. There's only one sheet that's coming down from heaven. And his name is Jesus. And if you're not covered today, I don't care what you've done, how much you've done it, how often you did it. If you're not covered today, you're not saved. According to the you be, Bible, you'll be saved when you're covered by Jesus. If I'm talking to you, I want you to lift your hands and say, preacher, pray for me. I want to give Jesus my heart. When you lift your hands, if you're not sure, you're covered. Every hand down except those who want to be saved. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, cover my life. I believe. You died for me. I believe your blood cleanses me and makes me right with God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. In Jesus' name. We'd like to thank you for listening to this life-changing message. We hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today. You can send a monetary donation to our ministry online at www.dreamlifewc.com.